Good to see all of you this morning. Thank you again for being with us. I'm going to start this sermon this morning by asking you a very, very simple question. And I need your participation by raising of your right hand, please, okay? How many of you have ever felt in some circumstance in your life that you just weren't quite good enough? Every hand is up. Not every hand is up. If your hand is not up, you're telling me you've been able to accomplish anything and everything you've ever done in your life and you thought you had it all, yes? Yeah, every hand. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm coming back to that at the end of the sermon because it's important. It's an important part of our conversation this morning. We're talking about meat and vegetables. How many of you have ever had enough? Vegetables. Lynn and I were in the grocery store yesterday. Only in California do they sell Brussels sprouts still on the stalk. It's amazing what you can find around these parts. You know what I'm saying? Having enough is important. Feeling like you don't or aren't able to meet the demand or the supply or the expectation is very challenging. And sometimes those of us in the church feel a little lacking. We're not really sure we're the one. I'm not sure that I should be handling this. I'm not sure I know enough. I'm not sure that I know how to do that. And I'm here this morning to dispel all of those rumors and give all of us permission to do the thing that God has placed in front of you to do. However small and trivial or however great and magnificent it may be. Because with God, all things are what? Possible. All things are possible. And he will not place anything before you that he has not given you the power to either work through, work around, work over, work under, or at least to get it done. Does that make sense? Mother Teresa, some of you remember her. She was quoted as saying, and I'm not sure I'm going to say this exactly right, but she said something to the effect that um, God has never given me anything that I couldn't accomplish. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> Any of you ever feel like that? I have. We probably all have had those experiences where we wish we weren't given quite so much. We wish God wouldn't trust us so much. But he does. And he places these things in our lives for a reason or for a purpose. And so we're going to talk about these feelings of uncertainty and inadequacy that sometimes come up. And they don't come from God. They do not come from God. They come from another source. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So in, in the book of 1 Corinthians... Paul writes this, he says, Brothers, I couldn't address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly. And there's a reason that we're worldly. It's because there's jealousy and quarreling among you, he says. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? One of the challenges we have in the church, all of us, every single one of us, is recognizing the source of the power that comes upon us or the source of the challenges, the sources of life that come at us. And oftentimes when things come to us in the world and we're dealing with things, we don't recognize where God is at in those things. We just don't see them. Sometimes it's obvious that it's a God thing, but sometimes it's, it's a not so very good thing that's happening and we wonder, why in the world is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Where did this come from? What did I ever do to deserve this? You ever felt like that? Right now, there's some horrible things going on in our state. The fires are devastating. 
I read this morning that there are some 7,800 homes that have been wiped out in the city of Paradise, California. It's like the whole town doesn't even exist anymore. Virtually the entire city has been burned to the ground. And there, there are people who set up camps in, in the parking lots of Walmart. I don't know how Walmart survived, but it did. Thank God it did because the lights were on. But they're set up in a tent, tent camp there just trying to figure out what to do. Some of you remember the hurricanes that went through the Gulf Coast. Katrina a few years ago annihilated the southern areas of New Orleans and, and Louisiana and Mississippi, just destroyed people's lives. But it, even through all of the devastation, there's something that amazing that happens in the world. Some of you remember the, the um, I think it's a volcano, Mount St. Helens that went kaboom and just kind of blew out the half to the side of the mountain. And it was devastating. And we look at that and we think of all the devastation. And there are people's lives who have been horribly impacted through all of those things, even today. In our own state, within an hour's drive of here, there are people who are suffering because of those fires. But have you ever looked past that and wondered, how is it that this world that God created has such a way of rebirthing itself and recovering from the disasters that sometimes we cause, sometimes that are acts of nature, hurricanes. I don't think I can cause one of those. There's some conspiracy theorists who think they have these little laser things that can cause. I don't, I don't buy that. But there's some crazy wild things that go on in our world. And we are caught up in the middle of that. We are caught in the middle of those things. And sometimes we can avoid it. Sometimes we go around it. Sometimes we're just devastated by it. Where's God in all of that? And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, if we look at it from purely a worldly perspective, we'll think, it's the end of my world. And I offer to you, it's not the end of the world. Maybe this is where you get to start over. Not an easy thought. And not even a very fun thought. Can you imagine being 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and everything that you have, all your worldly possessions are gone. 25 minutes of a fire. How do you start over from that? From just a worldly perspective, it's very difficult. With God, though, it is possible. When we look at things from just the worldly perspective as mere men and as mere women, life is very, very hard. And God has given us hope. What, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Who are those guys? They're just servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each of us his own task. I planted, Paul says, I planted the seed. Apollos has watered the seed. But it is God who makes it grow. I'm nothing. You're nothing. We're nothing in the garden of God except planters and waterers. Does that make sense? We're just planting the seed and watering the seed, planting the seed and watering the seed, but it is God who brings the growth. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who didn't seem very interested in talking about God? Or have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone like that? Sometimes that conversation doesn't go well. Have you ever had a conversation with someone where they seemed really, really interested in the conversation and then after you leave them, all of a sudden, they don't even think about it anymore? 
You and I are planting seed. You and I are watering the seed. But it is God who will bring the growth. When Lynn and I lived in Texas, we planted a little garden in the backyard. I say little, it was half the backyard. It was pretty big for the backyard. And we planted all kinds of neat stuff. But I, couldn't ne- I could never get a tomato to grow in, the, in that soil. I don't know what it was. There was just something in the dirt. Tomatoes wouldn't grow. They would come up and they would be beautiful and they would be green. I never got a tomato off the plants to eat. It just wouldn't produce. But let me tell you something about the peppers. I could grow them. I planted bell peppers and I planted banana peppers and I planted habanero peppers and they were the hottest plants, hottest peppers you'd ever put in your mouth. Say that fast three times. And I want you to know I had no control over any of the harvest. It's not my deal. I tilled the ground. I laid out the rows. I planted the seed. I watered it very carefully. But I had nothing to do with the growth. But I was very diligent in tilling the soil and laying out the rows, planting the seed, and watering. I even went so far as to weed the garden. I did. I even went so far as to try to keep it neat and make it look nice because I felt better about the way it looked. But at the end of the day, it wasn't anything that I did that allowed that produce to be harvested. That was all God. And yet you and I go through our world sometimes thinking that we're responsible for all of that. And the end of the day is we're not responsible for that. It is God who will bring the growth. But you and I do have some responsibility to continue to till the soil and lay out the rows and plant the seed and do the watering. We have those responsibilities. But we don't always assume those responsibilities. We're not willing to step up into that responsibility because sometimes we think, I don't know enough. I'm still a child in faith. I'm still a child in the kingdom. I haven't learned all that there is to know in the Bible about what I'm supposed to say. And so what happens in those days is we don't say anything. And there are people standing right in front of us. They sit next to us on the bus or they sit next to us on the plane or they sit next to us at the office or we're standing beside them in the line at the grocery store and we say nothing because we think we're still a child and we don't know enough. friend of mine is in the hospital. <coughs> Gordy lives across the dock from us, has a boat there. He's been in the hospital over four months. He has this, and some of you can relate to this. He has this partial plate. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a half a plate you eat on, it's teeth. And he lost them. Somewhere in between one hospital room to another hospital room to another hospital room, he lost his partial plate. And he couldn't eat anything except really, really soft stuff. And it wasn't very fun. And he thought he couldn't eat a lot of things. So his niece, nephew, got him another parcel plate. And now he can eat again. And sometimes I think that we are like that. 
It's like we take out the partial plate because we don't want to chew the hard stuff. We take out the partial plate and set it aside, or sometimes we've lost it because we don't want to have to deal with the circumstances that are around us that are tough and they're a little bit harder. But God has put those there for a reason. We're just planting seeds, watering the garden, so that God can bring the harvest to us. So Paul writes, neither he who plants nor he who waters is really anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants, the man who waters have only one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Listen to this verse of Scripture. This is powerful because this is where I want you to really think about, are you prepared? Have you done what you can do? Are you good enough? Because Paul writes here, he says, by the grace God's given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For one can lay a foundation, no one can lay a foundation of another one that's already laid, which is Jesus. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Do you understand what Paul is saying here? He's basically saying, you're good enough. You have everything that you need to build on the foundation that's been laid, who is Christ Jesus. You're good enough to do this. Now, here's the reality. Some of us in the room will lay on this foundation things that are made out of straw <coughs> and things that kind of are not very solid. And some of us will lay on the foundation with things that look like gold or silver or costly stones or, or jewels. And we, and we do amazing things, <coughs> at least what you and I would think seem to be amazing things. But at the end of it all, Paul says, look, when God looks at it all, it'll all be judged on the day of judgment. And he'll see us for what we've done, however great or however small it is, because he has given us the power to do exactly what he needs us to do. And he will never, ever give you anything that is beyond your capacity. Now the question is, do you believe that? Or would you prefer to walk around in the church as a baby? You get where I'm coming from? I believe all of us are good enough. Every single one of us are good enough. And I believe we all have what it takes. The only question is, are we willing to step up and to be what God has called us to be? Paul writes that whatever we've built, however small it looks, or however great it may be perceived in our eyes or even in God's eyes, it'll be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of the work. If what he built survives, He'll receive reward. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. You know what? I planted tomatoes and I never harvested a single tomato. And don't ask me why. I didn't create the soil. You know, I even had the soil tested. Texas A&M, any of you ever heard of that little old school? I sent soil samples to Texas A&M and they sent me this analysis back. They said, you need to put this and this and this in the soil. And I did. And I put a lot of it in there. <clears throat> maybe too much. <coughs> Excuse me, because the next year the tomatoes did even worse. 
because I wasn't going to give up on tomatoes because I love fresh tomatoes. But man, let me tell you, those peppers took off, baby. And I had okra. Any of you know what okra is? It's a southern delicacy. You can fry it. You can boil it. You can do amazing things with okra. You can. It's pretty cool. It's good. You can even pickle that stuff. I would never do that personally, but you can do it. But I had okra that was over seven feet tall. Almost had to get a ladder to cut it off. That's pretty significant okra. Just saying. All of what we do will be tried. It'll all be tested. And if it makes it, great. If it doesn't make it, great. You and I, though, still will be looked at and understood and accepted into the kingdom of God because we all have enough. You have what it takes to do whatever it is that God has put in front of you. <coughs> no doubt. So, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? The Spirit of God lives in you. He's with you now. It's not this building. It's not the brick and mortar. You and I are the church. You and I are the temple of God. And He lives within us. And listen, if you and I have the Spirit of God in us, do you think He's really going to ask you to do something that's unrealistic? Do you think He's really going to ask you to do something that you can't do? Do you think God will give you something that's so far beyond your capacity that you're thinking, why in the world would you ever give this to me? So I'm just going to ask you again. How many of you have ever felt like you were not good enough? Raise your hands. How many of you have ever felt that you just don't have what it takes? Well, I want to dispel that myth this morning. Because with all of my heart, I believe that God has given every single one of us exactly what we need to do, whatever it is, wherever we are, at any given time. He's put you here for a reason. He's put you in this building for a reason. He's put you in this community for, the, for a reason. He's put you in the school system or the employment opportunities that you have or he's put you in the relationships with people who aren't in this building and he's put you there for a reason now all we have to do is open our eyes to the opportunities that are all around us and try to figure out where does God need to show up in this one I was in Phoenix this week this past week Monday through Friday and I was in a room with four almost 500 people from 9 in the morning till 7.30 in the evening. And there were literally people from all over the world. I met a young man from Morocco, South Africa, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Canada. I met people from Los Angeles. I met people from all over the world. A guy from Austin, Texas. I met a gal from New Zealand, New Zealand. I met a young lady who lives in South Dakota. And in all of those opportunities, guess what came up? God.
God came up. The gal from New Zealand, you know what else came up? In June, I'm celebrating my 40th anniversary with my wife. You want to know why that came up? Because I didn't want her getting any funny ideas. I'm just saying. I'm telling you. That's just how I walk. When I'm in a conversation with someone, especially a young lady or an old lady or a middle-aged lady or a young kid lady, I'm always introducing my wife in the conversation because I don't want anybody getting confused about my motives. And I'm always talking about God. Because, see, I'm not smart enough to figure out exactly where God wants to show up today. I'm not that smart. I, can't, I don't have the crystal ball that I can look at someone or listen to a few minutes of conversation with them and realize, hey, hey, this guy, he's looking for Jesus. He's looking for Jesus. I'm not that smart. I'm just not. You bringing me water? You are the man. Thank you, brother. Give him a hand. He deserves it. Perfect. I'm not that smart to know who is it that God's trying to reach today. Are you? I'm not good enough to figure that out. I don't have all that it takes to know the heart and the mind of all of these people. And listen, one of the gals that I'm talking to, she's like, I write letters to the universe all the time. And I'm like, keep writing them. And you may be thinking, why in the world would a preacher say keep writing letters to the universe? Because you never know where God's going to show up in her letters. Why would I discourage her from reaching out to some greater being that's out there? I know who he is. You know who he is. But she may not know who he is yet. Why would I discourage her from doing that? Why can't I encourage her to keep reaching out, keep thinking about it? I had one guy said, I got to quit smoking. I'm like, keep thinking about it. Because you just might get to where you want to be. Guys, you and I don't have all the answers, but I know this. We're all good enough. If Paul can show us that the best foundation ever laid is Jesus, and he's building on it with great stuff, and some of us are building on it with yicky stuff, but he says in the end, we'll all be saved, we're good enough. And if we're good enough, then step up to your responsibilities. Stop playing small in God's world. He doesn't need you to play small. He needs you to wake up. He needs you to realize that there are people who need to hear the word God. They need to hear the word Jesus. They need to hear the word that, you know what? My life is built on my faith. Every person I had the opportunity to spend three or four minutes with, we're talking, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You know what I do? I live by faith. And I had a few of them looking at me like, what in the world does that mean? I'm very glad you ask. I am not afraid to say stuff like that. And I've had people cuss at me when I say that. I'm like, that's okay. I don't always say it to their face. Jason, maybe this goes back to that honesty thing in class this morning, but I'm thinking, hmm, you'll believe someday. There will be no atheist in heaven on the day of judgment. Did you know that? There will be no atheist. Every knee will bow. 
Now, I'm just going to be honest. It may be a little late for them on the day of judgment. But there will be no atheist. So uh, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life in Christ? How many of you still believe you don't have enough? See, I know you do. I know you do. I know that you're prepared for whatever God is going to give you. I know that you are. Because he will never give you anything that you can't bear. Ever. Now, he may trust you more than you like, and he may give you more than you wish. But walk in that. Embrace it. Because God is not finished with you yet. Our bodies are his temple. And if he lives within us, you know, I think there's a verse of scripture that goes something like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Is that yes? Is that in their book? In the book? <clears throat> if God is in us, his Holy Spirit lives within us, and we are the walking around temple of God, um, do you think he loves us? Do you think he's ever going to let something happen to you that would knock you out or take you out? He needs you to step up. He needs you to be the person that God has called you to be. He needs you to build on the foundation that's been laid. And frankly, it doesn't matter if you build it with straw or you build it with bricks or you build it with gold. It doesn't matter what you build it with. Just build it. Because he's called us to do great things. He's called us to believe that we are good enough. We have everything that we need. We have all that we need to do all the good work. So I invite you to come into the family, be a part of the family, be part of the conversation, because they're showing up. People are showing up in your life every day. So here's my encouragement to you. Get a journal. Paper journal, phone journal. Take notes every day. Who'd you talk to today? Make a list. Make a list. All the people. All the people you talk to. Even if it's a, even it's one of those, uh, what do they call them? People that call you on the phone you didn't want to talk to? Telemarketers, yes. Even if it's one of them. Even if it's one of them. Have you ever stopped to just try to have a little conversation with them? Hey, where are you at? Have you ever asked them where you're at today? I ask them that all the time. Where are you anyway? And they tell me. Most of the time they tell me. Oh, I'm in Pittsburgh or I'm in Chula Vista or I'm in whatever city they're in. Say, how's the weather today? Great. Just have a conversation. Why not? Why not? You don't know where it's going to go. When you're standing in line at the grocery store, why don't you speak to the lady with the kid that's been whining and carrying on through the grocery store and it's annoyed you the whole time? Why don't you talk to her and see what's going on? You might be the person to serve her some way. If you really want to freak her out, buy her groceries. Just saying. Guys, the message is yours. I just want you to know that you and I have all that we need to do everything that God's put in front of us. We don't lack anything. But we walk around like a bunch of babies whining sometimes because we think, well, I don't know this. I don't know that. I've never done that. Preacher, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Baloney. It's not true. You know how to do exactly what you need to do. Because that's what God has given you.
And you might build a house that looks like a straw house. So what? If you're not careful, God will make you live on a boat. <laughs> Just saying. So I want you to think about what you do this week. I want you to think about your conversations. And I want you to realize that you have enough. You are good enough. I promise you, you're good enough. Because that is the promise of God. We're going to sing the song that Brandon has selected. Over all the earth, Lord reign in me. And there's not a better song we could sing because your song and my song today should be Lord reign in me. Because if God truly, Jesus himself and his spirit reigns in us, trust me, we won't be intimidated by anybody or anything. Because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if he can go to the cross and rise from the dead, dude, we can do anything. And I even think, if I'm not mistaken, there's another verse of scripture somewhere in the book that says, you will do even greater things than I've done. Hmm. Wonder what that means. We'll answer that on another day. Let's stand and sing and encourage one another. If we can help you in any way, come let us know. I'm here in the front for a few minutes and then I'll be in the back, but let us know this morning. Brandon, come and lead us.